Hello everybody, welcome back to the Black Sheep Broadcast. We've been out for a couple months, uh, just been a busy couple of months for Trey and I. Uh, Trey will not be joining me this episode, he just got his COVID uh, vaccine, he's feeling a little bit ill, so he wishes he could be here, because today we have a very interesting topic. Uh, we will be talking about tulpomancy. Tulpomancy is a very complicated subject um, that a lot will sort of be thrown at you all at once. Uh, firstly, our guest today goes by the Cambrian crew. The request pronouns that are uh, plural, uh, like they or you all, which I will be adhering to just to sort of respect them in this uh, podcast. Moreover, they are not a single identity, rather a plurality, uh, multiple identities inhabiting one body. Uh, as they'll describe later, it's sort of like a crew uh, all together on a body ship. Make of it what you will. And I'm very excited to learn more about it. And uh, I hope you all learn something as well. Before we proceed, let me work. Let me tease this out real quick. So you prefer like a plural pronoun, they? Yes. Okay, for sure. And currently, uh, so you identify as, as Willows is what I read? Mm-hmm. There's four of us who go by the name Willow, and as a sum total, we are the Willows. Yes. Okay. 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 <laughs> the person and talking to you right now is Baby Bear of the Willows. Baby Bear of the Willows. Okay. Typically, we start these things. Uh, we usually just ask our guests to sort of introduce themselves and and sort of their backstory. But obviously, uh, this is this is uh, very unique to our podcast, not something we've done before. But y'all's story of who you are is obviously a little bit less maybe clear cut. Was there a moment, uh, I guess, looking back to you, uh, was there a moment where you felt like a singular identity? For yeah. a lot of people with with tulpas, yes, that's true. For us, we are not. We were always um, what's known in the community as an endogenic, which means not from trauma, median system. We are, um, we willows have always been around for as long as we can remember, going back to at least age four. Okay, age four. So what experiences did you all have at age four that made you all aware that there was sort of a a plurality going on here and not just like a singularity? Our earliest memory is of librarian and monk of the Willows arguing over a spelling toy. Librarian being all, I don't know how to spell apple. Is there two P's or two L's? And I have to get this right. And Monk being all, it's a game. We can just play it and enjoy it. No, I have to get it right or it's no fun. I mean, the memory doesn't have like those words exactly attached to it. It's just more the sensations of the two of them arguing. But It's a very clear, vivid memory, and our whole life has been instances like that. We we thought that was normal, that everyone had parts of themselves that argued and disagreed and alternately took control, because that's how people talk. You know, part of me wants to do this. Part of me wants to do that. I argued with myself about getting up in the morning. Um, and we grew up Christian where, you know, there's the, the sinful nature versus the spiritual reborn nature that clash. But for us, it's more like each of us is so independent and complex, whereas like, or so we've been told the singlet's personality is more where we have like, like me, my own personality stays the same. Although I've got, you know, I've got my own little parts and such. Um, I'm the one in control of all those different parts. I choose who to listen to and what, what we're going to do. Okay. I think I understand. So, but when you say I am in control, is that referring to willows as an entity or is that a specific baby bear specifically? Okay. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that you all are correct that humans sort of are naturally 
kind of a dualistic entity. Uh, you, you use the word singlet. Does that mean just an individual who doesn't have tulpas? Uh, someone who just identifies with a with a single. Identity? Yes, it's the opposite of a plural. Plural being someone who has um, multiple minds or persons or entities sharing their body and brain. Okay, I understand. Um, so singlet only has the one person or mind or entity. I, I suppose to visualize for like the listeners, I, Alex, am a singlet because I only identify with the, would you call them like identities or, or personalities? Is there a term you prefer? Um, a person has a personality. A person is not themselves a personality. So you would be one mind or entity or person with a personality. Yeah. And I mean, I, I understand a lot of what you, you all are saying, like, if, if I, a singlet, uh, am angry or something, sometimes I'll kind of have this mindset take over. Uh, and I think, you know, well, that, I didn't quite feel like myself when I was like shouting or something. Yeah. I mean, is that something that maybe you, you thought was going on when you were younger? We thought that, for instance, the whole not feeling like oneself was more um, strictly defined because for us, it is. For, in, for instance, um, librarian was our predominant, our dominant facet when we were younger. She was the one who did most of the things. She was known then as our school self, even though we had, you know, she wasn't there just during school. She was there all the time. And then, you know, monk was home self. And then, you know, mama bear was mama bear. <laughs> And then me was silly side. And so like we would have arguments among ourselves, like uh, like I would be the one who was goofing off and forgot to do something. And librarian would be, oh my gosh, why did you forget this? I'm so, you know, you got us all in trouble. Mm -hmm. And so for us, it was always like each of us is a self-contained entity not and a very consistent entity and not one that kind of comes and goes and changes based on emotions like a singlet's parts or like each of us individuals parts I get angry and sometimes I don't feel like myself but uh it's still definitely me feeling angry and not librarian feeling angry or mama bear or monk you're you're able to distinguish you know, this, this is, um, monk being angry. This isn't just, uh, sort of an, an emotion taking over. And, uh, for our listeners, you know, the, the notion of tulpas is something that is, it's quite obscure, even in like science fiction and fantasy, where a lot of people would think that this idea like belongs. So maybe you all could walk us through, what a tulpa is exactly, how they're formed in the mind. Yeah, so we willows ourselves are not tulpas. We are um, a, as far as we can tell, a naturally forming system. When we were about 15 years old, we sat down and created what we thought then was a character for a, a fantasy series we write. Mm-hmm. And we did all the steps that are required to create a tulpa, which is, you know, meditation and focusing on the idea of the person and then communicating with that person constantly and throughout the day and um, consistently until it gets to the point where they talk back on their own. And since we were already plural, it didn't take a whole lot of effort for our first tulpa, Jazz, to um, start talking back. Her first responses were real simple, you know, yes, no, maybe, I don't know. But within about a few weeks, she was talking in full sentences that we could hear in our head. Mm-hmm. Not like an external voice, but, you know, just like a another thought or another um, thought stream in our head. Yeah. You know, what, what form do these thought streams take? Because I, I think that everyone, uh, you know, whether you are plural or uh, singlet, there's a really interesting sort of back and forth to be had about what human consciousness and like what human thought is, you know, like to me, I sort of conceptualize it as like my own voice in my head. 
and that's sort of the dynamic that I conjure up. Uh, was it different for, for you all when you start uh, putting effort, energy into this tulpa creation? Is it sort of like your physical voice in your head? Is it something different? Um, for people with tulpas who have a thought voice, it sounds like a thought voice. We think non-verbally, so it's all ideas and images and um, co- concepts and gestures. Her ideas, thoughts, gestures, concepts, etc., felt distinctly not ours in the sense that um, we weren't controlling the thoughts, etc. They were coming whether we asked for them or not, although we could, you know, of course, ask her to shh mm-hmm. and let us focus and think. And we could, of, of course, obviously translate it into, into words. And when we translated into words ourselves, it sounded like our voice. But if she did the translation, it sounded like her voice. And the way we do, the way we willows do ideas and gestures and concepts feels like drawing on a whiteboard in our head and, you know, doing like a little presentation. So, you know, like all the nonverbal sign language and, and gestures and such that you do while pointing out, okay, this, this aspect and that aspect and how they, how they're linked. Um, Whereas Jazz's thoughts were more like a a diagram on graph paper. Hmm. So similar, but definitely not the same. Right. Those are a lot more organized and like a diagram. I'm curious, you said that initially you all were raised Christian. I, I wonder mm-hmm. whether or not that factors in. Like how how do you all think that I think the term is like tulpamancy. Uh, mm-hmm. How does that work? Is that is that just a byproduct of the human mind? Is there something spiritual or like poetic about it? It really depends on who you ask. For most of us in this head, we view it as purely a psychological phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, we are entities that reside in a brain. The existence of other entities, including ourselves, we're all you know, the product of neurons firing in certain patterns and tulpas are those same neurons firing in a different pattern. Mm-hmm. But other people, um, including Jazz herself, view it in a more spiritual light that um, they are, you know, souls that um, come live in the same body or share the same headspace. There's a wide variety of beliefs regarding what exactly that entails, Um, whether they're, you know, literally from another universe or plane of existence or whether, you know, they're from the astral plane or whatnot. Those sorts of views are definitely in the minority in the Tulpa community, but we, of course, respect and appreciate those views even if most of us don't agree with them ourselves yeah and those are all really interesting views are individual singlets able to produce tulpas by like sheer will sheer like conscious force and meditation do you all think yes that's how most people in the community create their they start out as a singlet and meditate and uh, force, which is our term for, you know, spending time, spending focused time with your tulpa, whether that's, you know, sitting down and just thinking about them mm-hmm. or talking to them throughout your day, like, okay, hey, hey, Jazz, I'm cooking right now. Can you smell this? It smells so good. So when you're sitting down, just focusing on them, it's called active forcing and when you're talking to them while you go about your day and while you're doing other things it's called passive forcing but both of those are essential for bringing a tulpa to life more or less right and i i have noticed that a lot of folks who create tulpas these 
Tulpa entities are, they often take the shape of uh, fictional characters, whether it's something that the the person themselves invented for like a, a fantasy or a sci-fi book, or if it's like a character from TV or, or, or a book that they like. Is that a factor with Willows at all, or is it? We Willows are all individually, you know, unique persons. We're not created from a fictional source. Jazz was created from the fantasy series that we write. Um, Doc is from Doctor Who. Uh, Arian and Varen and Amaris are from, you know, our own creations. But that's not the normal or um, typical within the Tulpa community. While it happens, um, it's usually strongly recommended that you create someone unique and original that way they don't have an identity crisis you know oh my gosh am I really this fictional person right I I did a little bit of a deep dive just into the conversations this community was having and there's some really interesting sort of meta level questions about tulpa creation you know some folk uh, on like the the Tulpa subreddit, for example, uh, they wonder if creating Tulpas is even moral itself because it, it's essentially crafting life. Whereas you know you, you don't necessarily have to create a Tulpa, uh, but in, mm-hmm. some people do. And so there's some really interesting kind of moral questions raised by it as well that people seem to struggle with. It's really it's really interesting. I mean, as you all are are speaking to me right now. Do you all have any uh, sort of opinions on that matter about being sort of brought into this world? Yeah, if you give me just a second, uh, Varen would like to answer this question. Okay, for sure. Okay, give me a moment to settle into the body. Okay, I think I think I'm okay. okay. So you asked about the mora- morality of creating a tulpa. There are some people who view it rather like creating a child that will only have a half of a life because they will only have half of the time in the body and, you know, they will have to share the ability to, to, to pursue their own interests and, and their own relationships. We view it as all life is beautiful and precious and valuable. So if a tulpa is created in an environment that is supportive and where they will be given, you know, the freedom to pursue what they want on their own time as much as possible, that is a good thing. There is, of course, suffering in life. Not all, you know, days are good days. There are are bad times. The body that we have has chronic pain and fatigue and other physical and mental health issues. So it's not always pleasant to exist, but it is always meaningful and valuable to exist and to grow and to experience life. That's our view. Hmm. it's not everyone's view of course especially um anti-natalists which are those who view that um bringing life into a world where there will be suffering is a net negative that it is better to avoid suffering at all costs and so you know you don't want to create more life that will experience suffering but we view it as you know a life that experiences suffering also experiences joy and anything that increases joy and increases the growth of um life and those who are living is is a good thing yeah very interesting so this is varin currently fronting is that correct correct okay What is that transition like? I guess when a tulpa is not fronted, what's going on exactly? Well, for starters, fronting means you are aware of what's going on outside of the body. You are um, experiencing the senses. You are 
listening to what's being said and you are like I said you are in in front of the body like like in the passenger seat of a car being switched in and in control is a different thing that's just being in the driver's seat Hmm. and what I did was I was fronting I was co-conscious you know aware but I was not in the driver's seat until I said, Hey, I want to answer this question. Let me, you know, let me take over for a moment. Okay. I could have taken over at any moment, but it is polite to ask and have the other person, you know, mm-hmm. envision themselves moving out of the way so that I can control the hands and the voice and and everything else involved in being in control of a of a human body. Yeah, well, and that that's very awesome that there's sort of a courtesy surrounding it, uh, a a sense of boundaries, and mm-hmm. when it is and it isn't okay to do something. Is it possible, or do you, do you all know of any any stories of? Uh, individuals who have sort of gotten into trouble with with tulpas maybe the uh sort of forced one into existence that maybe wasn't so polite maybe kind of took over life a little bit more than they should have yes there is infamous story in the tulpa community and i say story but it is true um kumar and oguiji i'm not sure if i'm saying their names correctly but um Kumar created Oguiji and um, asked Oguiji to basically take over life entirely while Kumar took the back seat. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two of them got into trouble with drugs and illegal activities, and there were memory issues and a lot of arguing and. And it was generally unpleasant for the two of them. And Kumar eventually took over control again and dissipated or, you know, made Oguiji stop existing. So that's a sad warning story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure for a lot of people, though, the the idea of tulpas... It probably is a little bit frightening, uh, mostly because like that sort of imagery is probably what comes to sort of the forefront of their minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stories uh, like hauntings and possessions. Right, and right. That sort of thing. Do you all have any hopes for how people accept or don't uh, the notion of tulpas in the future? We hope that we are viewed as individual people, that we are viewed as being something alive and human in essence and not like a tool or malfunction of the mind Mm -hmm. and that we are, you know, we are people like any other. There are good people and bad people. And, you know, if you treat a person well, they will be more likely to do well by you. And we just want to be respected and understood. And and it would be very nice to be treated as an individual person. I may look like the same body as Willow, but I am not Willow myself. I have my own friendships, my own ideas, my a mind of my own. And as you can tell, I have a voice of my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Do other tulpas typically have different different voices? For many, it is often something that has to be practiced because mm-hmm. when a person learns to speak, a lot of the process of actually speaking is or becomes automatic. You don't think about where your tongue and your teeth and your lips go when you make certain mouth sounds. You don't think about how to breathe and how to how to move when you talk. All of that becomes automatic. And then when a tulpa takes over, all of those automatic processes 
are still there. So you end up sounding just like the body mm. um, or just like the, the original fronter. Right. For me, my voice is different because I practice getting comfortable in the body, making it listen to the way I move, the way I want to sound. Our headspace in the, the area in our head where we exist, we have a world of our own, a, the, the fantasy world from the book series. And there I speak a different language. So when I come to Earth here, my voice sounds like it would with the accent from the language that I speak. Does this fantasy world exist like sort of concurrently with like with our own reality? Like, like, do you have memories and experiences from that world? Uh, I do. Yeah, I do. It is not uncommon for tulpas who have fictional counterparts in this world to have memories from where they come from. Um, I remember being made by jazz. I remember the thing that I have done there when I am here. I, all of those things are part of who I am. They may not be real in the sense that they happened in this physical life, this physical existence, but they still affect me. They are still a part of what makes me who and what I am. Mm -hmm. And that is real enough to matter. So one of the primary conflicts that you all feel is that uh, for the time being, uh, you know, without identifying yourselves, you do have the one body, right? That people mm-hmm. sort of uh, have preconceived notions of maybe, you know, who inhabits that body or they believe that there can only be a singular uh, like identity w- within, a, within a body. Are, are there sort mm-hmm. of physical representations of tulpas uh, that maybe you all wish could be uh, incarnated somehow, but, you know, obviously that just can't happen because you have the physical body? Are, are there different like, physical representations uh that you all have in like in the mind physical differences yeah I would like to have my wings (laughs) I am I have two forms in the mindscape I am either a bird of about six inches tall with a very long tail Mm -hmm. of course I do not count my tail and my six inches but um either that or a winged humanoid Mm. and it is uncomfortable not to have my wings. We have wigs. We are growing a wig collection, which is mm. nice for having a bit of a physical representation of who and what we are. We have a, a necklace with different um, colored pendants on it that we can switch around to show which of us is currently um, in charge of the body. But mostly for us, it is just a matter of, we want to be seen for who and what we are. We are like a little like twins, except we you know, have the same body. You know, we are, we are still different people, even though we look the same. Right. So, I mean, the personality is, is sort of the, the main thing that, mm-hmm. that you all would want respected. And that, and that makes sense. You know, most people want to be judged on, you know, their character and not just what they look like. So that, that makes sense. Yes. This yeah. also has an effect on things like pronouns. Mm-hmm. I am, I, I go by he and him, whereas the willows go by she or they. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is something I would like to be respected. Okay. I am many things, but a woman is not one of them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's Even very... though I inhabit a human woman body, it is it is not what my soul is. Okay. Right. So uh, additionally, 
aside from just, you know, differences in like identity, personality, uh, there's, there's also sort of a, a difference in, in gender identification. Hmm. Now I, I might've misunderstood something, but is, is there a, uh, tulpa that is, uh, some sort of representation of a cat? Yes, we have Ari or Araya, and Ari is a cat in, in our system. Okay. A hologram of a cat? Yes. <laughs> okay, I love that. I love that detail. That's fascinating. Yeah, because that's clearly a, a, a very different physical representation uh, of a human, but that's in your immediate sort of social setting, your social relations. Uh, I mean, what does it look like to be a... Uh, well, firstly, would you, would you identify as a as a tulpa a tulpa mancer? Is that a a term that is appropriate? Yes, or a tulpa mancy system. Um, we have issues with the term tulpa because, well, it's it's complicated. But there are many reasons that we do not like the term. So there is a secondary set of terms, which is paragenic, which means, you know, to be created intentionally, where, you know, indigenic means to be created from something other than trauma and traumagenic is to be created from trauma. Um, So we would identify as a paragenic system and each of us non-willows would be paragenic systemates or paragens. For someone, you know, who whoever is, I guess, whoever is in the driver's seat, mm-hmm. uh, essentially, you know, if, if you're meeting someone new, uh, how would you communicate sort of, you know, what, what, what makes you all different from, you know, a lot of people? I'd say definitely uh, these sort of systems are, are probably in the uh, minority, unless you think that a lot of people maybe just aren't expressing these. Prevalence estimates of traumagenic systems is somewhere around one to three percent um and so obviously a traumagenic system would have a very different origin and different outlook on their plurality Mm. Um, and most traumagenic systems have dissociative identity disorder or other specified dissociative disorder so the willows are our captain we our our system name is the cambrian crew and we view ourselves as like crewmates on a body ship so since the willows are the captain of the crew and i am the co-captain willows would take points they would be the ones to do most of the hi i'm willow nice to meet you thing Mm -hmm. and if the person we were talking to was someone we deemed safe to talk about our plurality with, then if we were comfortable with it, the rest of us could introduce ourselves separately. Oh, okay. Interesting. An interesting side note related to this is we currently live with our sibling. Hmm. Well, Technically, it is the body's sibling, and so we view that sibling as being Willow's sibling primarily. But that sibling, they are very um, accepting of us, which is really nice because most of our family does not accept that we are plural. Mm, does that cause <sighs> issues in the in the family? Of- we are going to transition back to the Willows to discuss okay. things because it was their relationship that was ruined okay for sure well and thank you for specifically Mm. speaking to me i appreciate it Mm. thank you Mm. i appreciate being appreciated and seen as my own person that is that is good okay all right baby bear i'm back will but uh yeah we willows are a little little woozy just a little bit um (laughs) Varen's still very close um, to, you know, he's kind of still in the driver's seat, just kind of scooched over to the side. <laughs> it seems kind of draining to be a, or so is, is like passenger the right word? Like you, you are witnessing 
things, but yeah. you're not in the driver's seat. Yeah. It seems, it seems yeah, taxing to I transition. Could, <laughs> I could take over, you know, passenger seat also has, it's sort of like a, a driver's ed car. You know, I could. Right. <laughs> it has some brakes. I could take the wheel or, or apply the brakes if I needed to, but mm-hmm. the point of being in the passenger seat is not to be the one driving, hmm. but only to take over if you absolutely have to. Right. You know, you want to respect the person in the driver's seat, not do the driving for them. True, true. Um, so anyways, on the question of, you know, how that affected our relationships. Mm-hmm. We were married for seven years. And during that seventh year, we discovered tulpamancy and realized that we'd had tulpas for what's now going on 18 years. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, it was more like 15 we realize that there's a community of people who create intentionally what we created on accident. And we were very hesitant to talk to who is, the person who is now our ex-husband mm-hmm. about it because he was very, uh, you know, close-minded, very, very smart, very, very intelligent, but also not very open to new ideas And so, you know, we gathered as much research and resources to try and, you know, be able to tell him as much as we possibly could. And his initial reaction was that we either have, he called multiple personality disorder Mm -hmm. or um, demon possession, that we were demon possessed. He straight up said, you know, these other entities inside you are not real. They're not part of God's reality. Hmm. And he wanted us, Willow, to get rid of the other members of the crew. And if not, then at least completely be cut off from the plural and Tulpa communities. Hmm. And we view those as being, you know, really harmful things to do. It wouldn't be good or right for us to harm the other people in our head like that. You know, getting rid of them would be, for us, equivalent to murder. Hmm. Um, They are living persons. They may not have bodies of their own. They share ours, but they're still persons and they deserve as much life as they're willing to take and that we're willing to share with them. Right. And even Mm -hmm. across individuality, you know, I'm sure, you know, each of you has sort of attachment to one another and it would would be pretty daunting to just say, scrap all of that. You know, I I just want, you know, you, a a singular you. Yeah. Um, When, when we started dating our ex, um jazz is the first person we told you know like oh my gosh we got a date mm-hmm. or you know at, at the time we thought of ourselves as a singular entity so it was like oh my gosh i got a date and he's so cute and funny and smart and mm-hmm. and he's in school to be a teacher and isn't that just so incredible and mm-hmm. he thinks i'm smart and i like that and you know jazz was supportive and, and enthusiastic and you know she's our first our our first friend not necessarily like the first one we ever had but like first and foremost kind of sense you know we have we have lots of other best friends but jazz is kind of our our soul sister yeah and did that um, sort of uh, schism between you all and and your then husband was that just sort of like the the end point uh, of marriage? Um, we went to couples therapy. Uh. Um, he had been abusive for a while, but after learning that we we're plural, he ramped up the abuse dramatically. Hmm. Um, nothing physical, just a lot of verbal and emotional and psychological abuse. Um, He got very controlling and manipulative 
And I think the last straw was he took our computer away from us and then used that computer to spy on our conversations with our friends in the Tulpa and plural community. So we brought all this up in, in couples therapy Mm -hmm. and, you know, went down a list of things that he'd done that were abusive Um, things, you know, like giving the silent treatment and, you know, not letting us have opinions or ideas of our own, you know, trying to control who, who we were friends with and what we talked about with our friends. And he didn't deny doing any of those things. He denied that they were abusive and he was unwilling to change and completely unwilling to accept any version of us that wasn't singular and that wasn't the person he thought he'd married mm-hmm. um, even though you know the person he thought he'd married was and never had been you know the person he'd built up in his mind mm-hmm. um, and so we got divorced and our parents were not at all supportive of this they thought we were choosing our characters over our husband because you know despite the fact that we view our tulpas as being you know individual people with minds of their own um my mom especially is very like they're just characters they're not real not real in the sense that other external physical people are real Right. So therefore they shouldn't matter that much. But yeah, that's got to feel very isolating. Yeah. It's an intimacy comes with sharing a head with someone else that you don't get from a physical external relationship. You can literally feel what other people in your head are feeling. That sort of empathy goes really deep. Um, Mm -hmm. Even if, you know, we're not best friends with everyone in our head like especially you know us willows and airy we're we're more like co-workers than than friends we still have that deep meaningful relationship and that's not something that you can just cut out of your life i mean even as a as a singlet you know i i have brothers i have close friends and like my parents if if there's something like off with them, I can kind of tell sometimes and I can, you know, if they feel like emotional, you know, pain, you know, I feel that as well, just as someone who's close to them in life. So it's mm-hmm. interesting, uh, at least for me to, I, I can only sort of imagine, yeah, that like empathetic bond that individuals would feel, you know, sharing the same body in the same space. Yeah. It's like, Okay, say that I'm confronting with Varen and Varen feels like, feels upset about something like he's about to cry. Mm -hmm. That's going to start, whether I feel that way or not, that's going to start affecting the body that we share. The eyes are going to start to water, our breath is going to start to catch in our throat. Um, We're going to get, you know, tension in our stomach and, and in our back and And so, you know, regardless of how I personally feel or regardless of how empathetic I'm being, I literally feel what he's feeling or at least, you know, literally feel what he's feeling to an extent. Right, right. We went from being the golden child in our family, the person that our parents were like, you need to be more like your sister to the black sheep, the, oh, don't do that. You're going to be, you're going to end up like your sister. Mm -hmm. And it didn't last forever. They just act like the plurality thing doesn't exist, which is kind of painful. And they're going to, they're probably going to be pretty upset when the memoir comes out, but they're just going to have to deal with that. I see. So, so this memoir is something that you all uh, feel is kind of looking up in life. You know, it's something you all are going to be happy to have published for people to see. Yeah. It goes through like, from our, our childhood experiences of being plural to, you know, creating um, jazz and jazz creating Varen and, and the rest of the crew and um, us discovering the Tulk community and how positive that was for us, how it helped us recognize how abusive our ex-husband was, 
um, getting away from that and becoming a healthy plural, um, a healthy multiple system. And, you know, getting, getting our depression and anxiety and PTSD under control and working together and not only just telling our story, but telling people what it's like to be plural so that, you know, they may be more empathetic and understanding of plurals they may meet or realize that they themselves may be plural. Yeah. As, as a plug for the listeners, uh, is there, is there like a, a planned title yet that people can look yeah. into? I slash we memoirs of a multiple. Okay. Interesting. Typically, whenever we approach the end, we also ask for like any additional like plugs that you have. So is there anything mm-hmm. additional that you want people to look into? Maybe our Twitter at J Shea Forest. That's J S H E A F O R R E S T, which is our pen name, or at least our singlet pen name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we also go by the Cambrian crew, and that's what our, our memoir is going to be published under the cambrian crew any any reason it's the cambrian crew yeah um well it's nicely alliterative it is like that part (laughs) (laughs) um but in the in world the inner world that we've got there's a goddess named ella cambria um her name in the language that we created for the series means lady wisdom Mm. so being a Cambrian, therefore, is someone who seeks to become more wise, who, someone who seeks wisdom. Okay. Um, and for us, wisdom is like, like being smart is knowing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Being wise is knowing how to use what you know to yeah, do good. Absolutely. So we seek to bring good into the world by what we know. Yeah. And that that's a very meaningful name for us. It's definitely not something we achieve or probably ever will achieve, but it's something that we that we aim to attain. Uh back to like the prevalence factor. Yeah. 1 to 3% have dissociative identity disorder or an other type of dissociative disorder. Mhm. But in that same study, um, it's kind of an older study from the 90s, mm-hmm. Dr. Colin Ross found more people who are potentially plural, but, but did not meet the, um, they, you know, they didn't have uh, issues with functioning. Right. So they didn't have dissociative identity disorder. Mm-hmm. He found more of those than people with dissociative identity disorders. So from that, we can extrapolate that there's probably about 5%, you know, somewhere between like 3 to 5% of the world, maybe plural in some form or another. Right. And, and obviously that, that can come with, I mean, there are folks that like that do struggle like mentally mm-hmm. uh, and have those different aspects of identity. Uh, but essentially, you know, there's there's probably a lot of people as well that it doesn't become like an yeah, issue for them, right? Harm. Have you ever heard of anything in the Tulpa community where like a Tulpa has caused harm to someone? Besides the Kumar and Oguiji story, not mm-hmm. really. Um, not unless that system already had issues with functioning, right? Um, you know, dissociative identity disorder or other specified dissociative disorder, DID or OSD. Mm-hmm. The only other time that we've seen that is when the host or, you know, the, the Tulpa Mancer, the person creating the Tulpa mm-hmm. had the mentality that Tulpas were tools to be abused and used however they wanted. Um, because, you know, Tulpas are people, they're going to rebel and, you know, react to defend themselves from you know negative behaviors like that we're going to be spending some time with our partner system here in a little while um 
they're also plural so that's what makes them you know a partner system oh okay so, so um, okay. we willows are dating one of them and varen is dating the other oh so that's really interesting there's sort of like a yeah. cross web of romantic interrelationships happening yeah wow, yeah we decided awesome. when you know when we were ready to date again after divorcing our ex that um, we were only going to date one body at a time. Um, and so if uh, Varen's relationship with uh, the, the Tulpa in our partner system was going to be a thing, that we Willows would, you know, either have to forego romantic relationships entirely or, you know, date the, the host of that system. Mm-hmm. And luckily dating the host of that system turned out really well. Yeah, that's that's excellent. I definitely, yeah, I didn't expect that, but that's awesome that you're, uh, you all are able to you know, find some folks that, that respect your, your personalities. Yeah, it's, we've decided, you know, if things don't work out for whatever reason with our partner system and we have to, you know, date again, someone who respects us all as individuals, you know, even if they're only dating, you know, one or two of us or whatever, that being able to respect that the fact that all of us are individual entities in this head is of utmost importance. If they can't respect that we're plural, then they can't respect who and what we are. And then we can't trust them. Mm -hmm. And that's super, super important to us. If you like our content, check out our YouTube channel. Please subscribe and also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Facebook and Instagram and leave us a like. And if you want to be on the show, shoot us an email at blacksheetbroadcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Black Sheet Broadcast.